So what are we watching, Lawrence? It's The Great Mouse Detective. Ooh. I love this one. It's a really, really great one. I can't remember it. Have you ever seen it before? Probably, but when I was a tiny wee fetus. You, <laughs> you, you would have been pretty young when this came out. When did it come out again? 86. Oh yeah, there's no way I'd remember this. This was one that was on a lot in our house growing up. Yeah. Because my mum is heavily involved with the Sherlock Holmes Society of London. <laughs> and so Sherlock Holmes was very dear to her heart. So they, they don't have a little song to start with? No, it just goes straight in. Oh, blimey. So, uh, so you've got some adorable little Scottish mice. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Scottish chap. Didn't he do Scrooge McDuck? He's Scrooge McDuck, yeah. Mm. And he's not actually Scottish? No. No. And the accents are pretty dubious, as I recall. Yeah, is it? Yeah. Oh, Daddy, you made this just for me? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's... It's a little bit dubious. Although she's a mouse. Maybe Scottish mice sound different sound to Scottish different. people. And Ever thought of are. that? Here we are being introduced to a villainous character. Now, this is pretty quick, isn't it? Because this was made at the same time as The Black Cauldron. And while that is... Unbelievably slow. Yeah, yeah. This is all happening in quick succession. Yeah, look. So you've got you've got uh, some cute characters immediately under threat. Yeah. So tell me about the music, Lawrence. So the music for this film is by Henry Mancini, uh, who did the Pink Panther uh-huh. uh, and lots of other sort of jazz classics of the sixties. And I thought this was his only Disney film, but you told me that he did another one, didn't you? Oh, yes. He did something called Condor Man. <laughs> God knows what that is. Condor Man really sounds like a DC comic Yeah, thing. the worst superhero thing ever. A man who turns into a very specific kind of bird. Yeah, so if you know anything about Condor Man, let us know. It was released in about 86, apparently, but I didn't Really? Know. So it was the same time as this? Yeah. So... <laughs> yeah. So Condor Man and... And the great mass detective were coming out. And maybe he was like, that's enough, never again. Oh, yeah, so so to establish the. Here we go, there's some very lovely. So, what did that weird bat just do? Okay, so (laughs) to establish the uh, the plot here during the opening credits, uh, you have an adorable uh, inventor and his young daughter, and they're both mice, uh, and a bat, a villainous bat, has turned up and abducted the dad. Yeah. And trashed the uh, trashed the workshop. What can he want with him? Exactly. So apparently there are no humans at all in this this other. Well, no. there's the shadow of Sherlock Holmes himself. Yeah, but that's the that, un- no. that's the only human presence. So I, this is probably a good time to tell you a fascinating fact about the title. Go on. So it's actually from a series of books called Basil of Baker Street, but they decided to turn it into Basil the Great Mouse Detective. Uh, and uh, shortly after they did that, an inter-office memo was sent round to Disney employees suggesting there were going to be other name changes. So Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs would be called Seven Little Men Help a Girl. <laughs> Fantasia received the title Colour and Music. And the Jungle Book was getting its title changed to A Boy, A Bear and a Big Black Cat. <laughs> so this is just them having a laugh, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I think what it was is uh, they decided to dumb down the title for this. And so one of the other employees who was, hang on, let me find out, uh, animator Ed Gomber was like, Oh, why don't we dumb down all the titles then? How about Seven Little Men Help a Girl? So it's a kind of slightly snarky joke. Yeah. So what's happening on screen? So okay. that's uh, that's clearly from his animation. 
That's Watson, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so this is so we've basically just had uh, the Watson equivalent character, who's a tiny little mouse in a in a bowler hat. He's saying, "Little did I know, as I walked home one day, that my life would be changed forever." And he's just met the little girl whose whose dad has been abducted. And she's sitting on a carton of liver pills, which apparently is some reference to one of the animator's dads. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know in what capacity. Maybe he loved liver pills. <laughs> Is it supposed to sound like Maybe liver he... pill? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe he was an alcoholic and he needed a liver transplant. I'm trying to find Street. Why are they Scottish? I don't know. I don't think it's ever really established. I think it's just to to um, to give them a, a, a sort of fish out of water thing, maybe. So this version of Watson, what's his name again? Uh, Dawson. Dawson. He's the of the traditional fat, bumbling Watson. Yeah, the Nigel Bruce. Yeah. Who uh, Nigel Bruce was um, was Watson to Basil Rathbone's Holmes. Right, and Basil, the great mouse detective, is named after Basil Rathbone. Yeah. Classic uh, Holmes of the big screen. And so Dawson and the little girl, whose name I can't remember, have gone off together to find. Basil of Baker Street, the detective. Oh, also, though, apparently Basil is also uh, is a, ho- a name that Holmes sometimes used. So he used it in The Adventure of Black Peter. Uh-huh. So there you go. Oh, and there we are. We can see the silhouette of Holmes playing yeah. uh, above 221B Baker Street. Apparently that's the only time we see a human. That's the only human in the film. And so 221, the mouse hole they're knocking on now, which is underneath Baker Street. Good evening, madam. Is this the residence of Basil Baker Street? I'm afraid it is. Ah, the phrase it is. Oh, could it be a woman in a mob cap? So, <laughs> she's obviously supposed to be Mrs. Dawson. Mrs. Mrs. Hudson. Hudson, sorry. Isn't she called like Mrs. Budson or something? <laughs> <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yeah, they didn't try very hard to disguise her. I feel like they couldn't get Angela Lansbury for this. No, she's Mrs. Judson. Judson. Mrs. <laughs> Judson. This really is Angela Lansbury light, isn't it? Nice cheese. Oh, yeah. Cheese crumpets. Because they're mice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this is lifted from the original home stories as oh, well. Yeah. He's got a big old chemistry set and he's doing experiments on uh, tobacco ash. Oh, what's that from then? Which book is oh, that? All the way through every single story, it feels like. He's uh, deducing things due to dropped tobacco ash. Oh, and he's just appeared as a in a Chinaman outfit. Yeah, slightly yeah, racially dubious uh, Chinese outfit. Well, it could just be historically, I think, opium den era Chinese man so. outfit. because yeah, he's a master of disguise. Here he is. So John Cleese was the original choice for the role of Basil? Yeah, he would have been good. He's a he's a uh, an RSC actor, isn't he, this guy, didn't you say? Oh yes. The guy who was the voice of Basil? Yes, he is. He had some highfalutin things to say about the character as well. Do you want me to... Go on, yeah. What, you said it was an enormous challenge or something. Yeah, yeah. He went on about the character and... Uh, let me let me try and find his quote. It sounded like what every actor says about playing Sherlock Holmes, which is quite interesting. Yeah, I like it when people take animation seriously. Yeah, it's nice actually, isn't it? Let me just find it. I found only in Afghan provinces. 
And so here he is making deductions a la Sherlock Holmes about uh, these two. Oh yes, isn't the Afghanistan chat between Sherlock and Watson something that happens in the book? Yeah, yeah. well, Holmes's first words to Watson in the very first Sherlock Holmes story is, you have been in Afghanistan, I perceive. Yeah, which is why it's a bit odd that uh, Watson's often a big big chap, isn't it? Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. He's supposed to be like a hardened soldier, isn't he? He's an army doctor. There's absolutely no reason why he'd be a big fat bloke. Remember that great uh, <laughs> computer game we played? Oh, yeah. Where we, we played a, a, a game called The Testament of Sherlock Holmes. It's great. Like point we loved it. Thing on the PS3. It was great. It was really good, wasn't it? At one point, Watson looks in a locker and goes, What a jumble! <laughs> but the animation in the computer game is such that everything was at right angles and in, like pin sharp neat. There were neat. basically like three <laughs> objects very carefully arranged. So it was as if they, they'd got the script before, uh, before they'd done the animation. What's wrong with Basil? Oh, he, uh, he, he's just... Uh, he's, had, he's had a theory foiled. Because he, he just shot out of a revolver to try and see if a bullet that came from a revolver matched. I like the animation in this. It's way more charming than Black Cauldron at the same time. Yeah. And you know, apparently, they're on a super tight deadline. They're only given a year to do this. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. They've made him nice oh, yes. and aloof as well. So the main character is Barry Ingham. And he oh, went, yeah. I found Basil to be surprisingly sensitive. <laughs> He's terribly egocentric. But in the end, it's his sensitivity that prevents him from being bombastic and overbearing. <laughs> She's taking it a bit far. Well, yeah. Voiced by Candy Candido. Candy Candida. Mm. Is that a man or a woman? I think it's a bloke. Uh, and he has. It was also in Peter Pan and Sleeping Beauty. Right. I don't know as who though. Let me look it up. I feel like Carrie Elwes would have played this part well. Oh yeah. Can't you imagine him doing that? Definitely. And Rattigan is, of course, Vincent Price. Yeah. Oh, so Candy Candido, he was a bassist and vocalist in Ted Fiorito's big band. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, he's got a kind of a jazz voice. His, the way he voices um, uh, Fidget sounds like someone scatting. He's got a four-octave speaking voice. Wow. Proud to be a part of you. <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing is monstrous. We will have our little device ready by tomorrow evening. 
You know what will happen if you fail. I, I, I don't care. So the kidnapped father is rebelling against Rassigan. Yeah, and he's designing an animatronic creation of some kind, which has just sabotaged itself, because he says, I don't care, I'll have nothing to do with this evil plan. You can do what you want with me. I won't it's interesting they made Raskin so hench. Well, he's, I think he's meant to look like a sort of mobster. Uh, Doesn't he look like a mafia boss? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Candido was the Indian chief in Peace Band and one of the goons in Sleeping Beauty. Uh, oh, the captain of the guard uh, in Robin Hood. Oh, really? Oh, and he's a deep-voiced prisoner in the Haunted Mansion attraction. <sighs> so much... Uh, the Haunted Mansion seems to relate to everything, doesn't it? Mm. Of course, it Vincent, was... Vincent Price. Yes, Vincent Price. Well, he's now in, in Disneyland Paris, isn't he? Did you know that? Oh. So they, the, they've just refurbished Phantom Manor. And it's reopened, and they've reintroduced his cut vocal take. Oh, brilliant! So that's now. We should go. We need to go and check that yeah, out. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. I think I think you did tell me that. Oh, I love it when I'm nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when I'm nasty. He's really hamming this up, isn't he? His fidget. Oh, the scale's weird. Fidget looks. Well, he's he's a bat. Small. Yeah, the scale's a little bit off. So you can hear that. You could hear that he's a jazz vocalist, that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, here we go. This is the the first song. Ah. So they say this isn't a musical, but it kind of is a musical because well, apparently it's the only one to have three songs apart from 101 Dalmatians. Right, right. But I mean, it's not like uh, it's not like this is non-diegetic music, is it? Because he he launches into song. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So that kind of, in my mind, makes it a musical. So this is the plot here. <laughs> Good, did you get that? So tell me again. So he's basically designing an animatronic queen. So he's going to replace uh... the queen and then he will rule because he will be in control of the queen because he's going to replace the queen with a robot. <laughs> <laughs> Such a, a brilliant A plot thing. worthy of Conan Doyle I know. himself. <laughs> From the brain that brought you the big Ben Caper, the head that made headlines in every So Vincent Price apparently adored playing this role mm. and it was a dream of his to be in a Disney film. Yeah. And he says, like, oh, I have a tremendously high regard for Disney. Mm, yeah, so his exact words, let me find them. I found, I found Basil to be surprisingly sense. I can't That's do Basil. <laughs> You're talking about Basil. You're reading the wrong bit. Do, do Vincent Price's voice. You're better at it than me. <laughs> Vincent Price. Uh, we're looking at... Hang on, that's Basil. We're talking about Rattigan. Oh, yes. 
got both the wrong accent and the wrong quote. Yeah, something like that. That's how you do it. I can't find the bit. I'm just going to stay in the accent until you find it. Oh, I didn't mean to frighten you so soon. I wouldn't want to lose you. Ah, oh, there it is. Ah, okay, so he's saying Basil has been interfering with my plans all this time. <laughs> oh, yeah, here he is. Uh, he says, Disney is a really magical name for me. I loved doing the part because they let me in on the secrets of animation. I've always been very visually minded and a tremendous fan of animation, so it was a real thrill to see the behind-the-scenes process. At my age, and when you've been around this long, oh, how old was he? what you look for are challenges. He must have been pretty old by yeah. this stage. Because he was, uh, this was what, 86? Yeah. And when he did the uh, uh, Phantom Manor uh, narration, he was m- moments from death, I think. He was really old. Right. Oh yeah, this is, uh, here we go. This little henchman here. He's uh, accidentally put his foot in it because he said, uh, you're the world's greatest criminal rat. I've got a fact about this. Go on. So, uh, this, the fact his name is Bartholomew is a reference to Vincent Price in The Pit and the Pendulum who kills a man called Bartholomew. Oh. So it's really like, interwoven with the performers themselves. This is quite disturbing, this sequence as well. Because he, uh, I remember being really disturbed as a kid by the fact that the, the cat who he's feeding this mouse to is so enormously fat. Yeah. And the number of people who have fallen prey to his whims is very high. <laughs> Bit of visual storytelling. Oh, I liked that. Very ordinary. Yeah, it's weird that the big cat henchman is just a normal cat voice. <laughs> she doesn't speak. So I wonder why she doesn't eat Ratigan. Smart enough to know this. the boss. Yeah, yeah. And now, as you were singing... So he rules with an iron fist. You call him a rat, you get fed to the cat. This has shades of uh, Gaston. This is totally Gaston-like, isn't it? Mm. It's because it's a 3-4 drinking song. Ah. Tell me about 3-4 drinking songs. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're in... Uh, they're in 3-4, which is 1-2-3, uh, 1-2-3, 1-2-3, 1-2-3. It's just a sort of... Uh, you just... forgot to get to 4 there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Germanic uh, thing. It sounds like uh, German folk music. Right. So it's like to be sung, you know, with your stein of beer and all that. Right. What do you make of it? I wonder why the English don't have drinking songs. Like, didn't originally. They do, they're like Chaz and Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that took ages for us to come up with drinking songs. Yeah, I get We probably do have drinking songs. Oh, oh, I've got a fact about that. (laughs) So, did you hear that 
Well, crack. you're full of facts. What are we, what are we so talking about Castle here? Castle Thunder there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the last animated Disney movie to use the Castle Thunder sound effects. So After this, it. including the Black Cauldron, they um, digitally recorded thunder sounds. So that's like a classic... like a stock thunder noise that was used by Disney for yeah. ages and ages, was it? Like the Wilhelm scream. Yeah. Tell, tell everyone what the Wilhelm... Oh, the Wilhelm scream is a very famous uh, bit of sound design, which uh, you'd recognise if you hear it. Normally it's the sound of a character falling off a high place, uh, and it goes sort of like... <laughs> like that. <laughs> That's a pretty close approximation. Yeah, once you hear it, you can't unhear it. Uh, in Disney, um, it's the sound that Buzz Lightyear makes when he gets knocked out of the window by the lamp. Um, but it's also in the Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. And, who is the man who made that noise? Uh, it was um, just an actor doing a load of voiceover, like extra wild track stuff for an old western. Right. Uh, and he was—they got him to do different screams, apparently. Right. It was this someone Wilhelm, and he kept going kind of ah, and they said no, no more. And they went, ah, no, really, go for it. And then he just did this ridiculous high one that was like, ah, like that. And, and it's been used for everyone. And they said, yes, that's it, that's the one. Wow. And now it's like a kind of an in-joke with sound designers. So they'll, they'll try and put it in wherever they possibly can. That's crazy. There's compilations on YouTube of every Wilhelm scream. And it's, it's ridiculous. Once you hear it, you can't unhear it. And it's everywhere. Oh, that upset me as a child. Oh, what, him breaking his violin? He, he accidentally sits on his Stradivarius. Oh, yeah. How, so Stradivarius made absolutely minute <laughs> violins Apparently for Apparently so, yeah. Did he? <laughs> that was good of him. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> okay, so they're off to find Fidget. Oh, so, so that's more... Basil Rathbone, is it? Uh, yes. Didn't you say that was Basil Rathbone from a recording of the Red-Headed League? Yeah, that's right. Like a 60s radio play or something, wasn't it? Yeah, and uh, apparently that's the reason why Watson doesn't speak in that, because Watson's not actually in the Red-Headed League. Ah. So that actually dates this very precisely to uh, one of the... One of oh, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what some in time the, in, in the, the, the canon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Canon. Right, that would be like mid-era. I think. Yeah. So oh, yeah. we, we could probably figure out what case Sherlock's on by that. Yeah. Oh well, I guess it's the red-headed Luke. Yeah, it? I guess so. <laughs> uh, this is good. So they've now integrated a character from the original Sherlock Holmes books. Toby. Toby the dog. He was also in that great computer game we played. Oh yeah, he's a, he's a classic. You character. became Toby at one point. It's a really good game. You sniff around as a hound. So who is Toby in the Sherlock Holmes books? Um, he's he's a police dog who Holmes borrows occasionally. Right. Uh, to help him with cases. He's in the Sign of Four. I remember that one. Right. Uh, and there's there's quite often a sequence in Holmes books where he's, he's got Toby and he's going around Docklands chasing a scent or something. Right? Is he a nice nice? Is he a good boy? Nice yeah, he's a very good boy. Yeah. Apparently, in this he he's... calls him he he calls him the greatest detective in London or something like that. Right. So when he does a barking howl, apparently it's the same as Trusty in Lady and the Tramp. Yeah. What a kind of. Yeah, yeah, sorry. It's probably from that sequence in Lady and the Tramp where they're all singing backing vocals. Yeah, yeah. Well, they do quite a lot of generalised barking, don't they? When they're trying to escape from the... That's true. When they're stuck in the thing. 
Flanchester. Oh yes, he can. Uh, the little girl is, uh, is her surname is Flavisham, and all the way through he calls her different things. Uh, so does he take opium <laughs> at any point? <laughs> or no? What, what's Sherlock's? Uh, Sher- uh, Holmes takes heroin. Yeah, seven yeah. percent solution of heroin, <laughs> and he does occasionally frequent the opium dens, but normally only when he's. Uh, Incognito, I believe. Right. Oh, I wonder if that's what the reference. Why he appeared in this for the first time, dressed, a as, a, of, as, dressed a as a comedy, comedy Chinaman. Maybe. Yeah, maybe he was at an opium den. Could be. Maybe he's off his tits. That would explain a lot of his erratic behaviour. Ah, so this toy shop, apparently. There wasn't there a there dum- was a there's a Dumbo. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's a Dumbo toy hidden within the toy shop. Yeah. So Disney was already even doing. Self-referential stuff, even as early as this. Yeah. Oh, is that the howl? It was a big dog howl there. Uh, apparently, it's the barking howl. Ah, oh, right. Henry Mancini uh, loves clarinets and bass clarinets. Why is that? Don't know, he just always uses them. So here we go, there's a big clarinet line. Why is he growling at him? He doesn't like Dawson for some reason. Oh. Now, Toby, sit. Does Toby not like Watson? Sit. Sit, Toby. As in the what, human. In the, in the books. Yeah. I can't remember whether Toby has any opinion on Watson in the books. <laughs> But in this, Toby's taken to Little Miss uh, Flamisham because of uh, he, she gave him a, a cheese crumpet. Ah. This decade, they did a lot of mouse animations where mice families are split up, didn't they? I mean, not Disney, but I mean... Were you thinking of Fievel? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is... This has a similar vibe, doesn't it? And, you know, little... <laughs> Little mouse character separated from family. This is a similar vibe. Yeah, yeah. I, I do remember the Fievel films. What was it? There was the first one with the somewhere out there. American Tale. Oh yeah, there was. Does and then there's uh, Fievel Goes it? West is the cowboy one. Yeah. Oh my. Was there another one? Uh, I think maybe there was. Yeah, I feel like there were three. Hmm. Where he goes back to the future. <laughs> so where's Dumbo then? I'm looking out for Dumbo. Yeah. And he's in this toy shop sequence. God. That's creepy, isn't it? Yeah. Some seriously I think creepy. That was meant to be creepy. Oh, I think it, how could they, how could they think it was anything other? Well, maybe than not, but then in that case, Henry Mancini's gone against the brief here, but with his uh, quite jaunty music. They might have been like, let's not make this too terrifying, Mancini, because it's quite slapstick. I suppose so. Yeah, actually, they could have easily upped the tension in this scene, couldn't they? They could have done. 
They could have done some boom, 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 boom. Yeah. That's the musical choice you would expect, isn't it? Mind you, that is it, I suppose, isn't it? More clarinets. Little clarinet choir there. Yeah, because actually even um, the bat... What's his name again? Fidget. Even Fidget's not been given a very scary musical cue there, has he? No. It's pretty light, this whole film. It doesn't really... Uh... Apart from the sexy scenes, looking forward to them. Oh yeah, they're pretty, pretty, pretty saucy, they are. <laughs> what is it, Isn't it painfully obvious, Doctor? These dolls have been stripped of their uniforms. Ooh. That's a sexy scene. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where they get their outfits. So Fidget has uh, stripped all of these toy soldiers of their uniforms. Um, I missed where, why are they at this toy shop yeah, they're following Fidget oh oh yes because he f followed Toby followed the scent exactly yeah. and they've just found Fidget's uh, shopping list that he's dropped how did Fidget write this shopping list <laughs> <laughs> I'm questioning the very foundations of this film <laughs> not sure it's possible still haven't seen Dumbo where is he uh, yeah. Oh, this know. must is probably him. The bubbles. They're bound to be coming out of Dumbo. There yeah, he is. There, there he is. Ah, uh, very, very obviously there. Actually, this music's pretty freaky, isn't it? Yeah. Ooh, uncovering a. <laughs> Olivia, that's her name. Right. I wonder if uh, the latest Toy Story film got its inspiration for a creepy toy store from here. Mm. I mean, I suppose it's fairly well-trodden ground, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. But they do like to recycle, don't they, Disney? Although I guess that's an antique store as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and you can't ignore the creepy aspects of toys, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, actually. There's a healthy dose of slapstick in this, isn't there? Hmm. I remember really enjoying it as a kid. And, uh, you know, it must be pretty fast-paced if... Uh... Yeah. For, for an 80s uh, kids' film, it's very fast-paced. Because you used to have to have quite a lot of patience... Yeah, I mean, this is supposedly right in the middle of Disney's, in inverted commas, dark era. Well, they thought Black Cauldron was going to go great guns. Yeah, but it didn't at all. Yeah, so they were making this at the same time, and they put a fraction of the time that they uh, into this that they put into the Cauldron, Black yeah. Cauldron. Yeah. And apparently Black Cauldron was super expensive to make, and of course was a complete flop. Yeah. Whereas I think this did all right. Yeah. Not brilliantly, I don't think, but all right. Well, no one ever talks about this film, and it's a good one. Maybe there, there was a glut of mouse films mm, at the time. Perhaps so. Olivia, Olivia, she, she is, she's gone, Dawson. Confound it. I told you to watch 
over the girl. <coughs> now she's been spirited away by that maniacal little monster, soon to be the captain of the most depraved mind in all of London. Uh, by the way, just a little fact. Basil was first modelled on Bing Crosby. <laughs> but the animators eventually uh, took inspiration from Leslie Howard. I could see Bing Crosby in him. Do you know what I mean? No. <laughs> yeah, I, can, I can sort of see like a skinny guy with big ears. But mice have big ears. Well, yeah, That's but why I suppose. they have big ears. It's <laughs> <laughs> See, in my head now, I've, I've recast him as Carrie Elways now. Yeah, yeah. It is weirdly perfect. Isn't it? Carrie always uh, does the lead character in the English version of uh, The Cat Returns, the Studio Ghibli film. Oh, right. And it's very much in this vibe. Ha ha! I'm an adventurer, blah blah blah. Yeah, it's slightly ludicrous, but still strangely attractive characters. Yeah, like his Robin Hood. Mm. He's a brilliant Robin Hood. And Princess uh, Bride. Princess Bride, yeah. Mm. Dread Pirate Roberts. Yeah, he was great. Why didn't he hang around? Well, longer? he's in Stranger Things now, isn't he? Yeah, it? but it's been a gap of like thirty years. Yeah, well, he got he got really fat, and then oh, and Hollywood doesn't and then like Hollywood him. doesn't like fat people, no. and now he's lost the weight, so now everyone's like, "You are fit for for public viewing again now." Mm. So I reckon he's due a big revival. Yeah. <laughs> What the laugh The is. laugh is very funny. I like how they just let it go on as well. I love that Vincent Price is like famous for his laugh, and this is the laugh that he gave that character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because his laugh is normally more. Well, his laugh is the Michael Jackson thriller. Yeah, laugh, yeah. Well, what? <laughs> no, how, how is it? <laughs> yeah. That kind of yeah. proper hammer horror stuff. Or the American equivalent of. And then this one, he just goes. <laughs> I mean, he's gone for full camp for this character, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Although he called him something like the ultimate batty. He is a great villain. Mm. I wonder if uh, her father's supposed to look like Geppetto. Oh, well, it's, it's very much that vibe, isn't it? Because Geppetto's a toy maker, isn't he? Yeah, he's the... Although you think they'd make him have uh, vaguely Euro Eurovision accent. Eurovision, Eurovision. accent. <laughs> Eurovision accent. Yes, I like, don't know like Fox Fizz. Yes. Actually, her Scottish accent isn't as bad as I thought. I'd be it was. surprised if they didn't get a Scottish child. Yeah. Because I think his a is kid a actors do a Scottish accent. Yeah, I think the not. Scrooge McDuck guy. But then he was doing Scottish as well for Scrooge McDuck. Well, I think because they thought he totally nailed it in this. Apparently, originally, they were going to have him be skinny, but then um, Vincent Price came on board and they made him a big hench guy. Oh, really? Mm. That's interesting, because Vincent Price wasn't a big guy. No, no. I suppose his voice just isn't the voice of a skinny man, though. Well, they were going to make him not just skinny, but sort of frail, weak. Like a character who's 
Yes, still threatening, even though physically depleted. Yeah, interesting they went the opposite direction. Oh, they've fed another one to the giant cat. This is uh, oh, Fidget. Fidget. Although Fidget breaks out, I believe. What's her name? Felicia. What, the cat? Yeah. Felicia, yeah. Ah, you know, when Fidget screams off screen when he's being fed to Felicia, mm-hmm. it's not Candy Dandido screaming, it's an unused sound effect for the Haunted Mansion ride. How about that? Everything comes back to the Haunted Mansion. It's weird though, isn't it? Because if you have Candy Candido though, and he's getting eaten, you'd think you'd just be like, do us a few screams, Candy. So they must have done that just purely for their own amusement then. Yeah, I think so. See, the themes, uh, theme parks in the films, they're really intertwined. Yeah, aren't they? yeah. Entwined. We're going to do another uh, one of these, by the way. Uh, we ran a little Twitter poll, uh, and we're going to do a commentary for uh, the Tower of Terror film. Yeah. That was the one. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, so now they know which pub to go to. A seedy pub. A seedy pub. Oh, the sexy part's coming up. I'm excited. They always go to the Docklands in uh, Sherlock Holmes ah. stories, if you recall. Cold dust. Cold dust. And the Docklands is where naughty ladies of the night are and things, isn't Exactly. It? So a seedy pub. So this seedy pub scene coming up, mm-hmm. apparently it got banned in Norway for the under-twelves because of this seedy, seedy pub scene. So Norway decided that this was too sexy. For the under-twelves? Yeah. A Scandinavian country thinking uh, a Disney film was too sexy. Yeah, about that. So I, I, I really, I'm full of anticipation. You will probably be disappointed. But, <laughs> but it's a little bit, it's a bit... I mean, it's kind of like it doesn't go as far as uh, Jessica Rabbit, but it's sort of uh, in that ballpark. You know what they should do? They should find out uh, the average age of the furry community mm-hmm. to figure out when and what films probably influence their sexual awakenings. Right. Because I bet, I bet they all watched eighties films. <laughs> mm. Do you reckon the fur- how old do you reckon the furries are? I reckon your average age is about 40. Do you reckon? I suppose they've been around long enough, haven't they, the phenomenon? Oh, maybe not, though. No, there's some younger ones. There's much younger ones. Uh, yeah, I, I knew a fair really. I bet the senior community, like the oldest in the community, are about 40. Right. Because there were so many good animal-based... I wonder whether it's been around for much longer than that, and uh, only since the internet has come into being we've discovered what furries are. And furries have found their community. Do you think before that they were just sheep shaggers? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe before there were internet forums, people went act- went out and actually committed bestiality. I've got a totally unrelated, fascinating fact about Welsh sheep shagging. Go on. So the Welsh became known as sheep shaggers because it used to be that they weren't allowed to come into England, but they'd sneak over into England... Um, uh, and if they got caught for a reason I can't remember... Is it like poaching or something? Yeah, uh, they'd get hung. So when they were caught, they'd say, Oh, I'm not poaching, uh, I'm shagging this sheep. Yeah, and that's and, much and better. Yeah, yeah. well, they wouldn't get uh, they wouldn't get hanged then. 
So what? And then they just go. Ugh, bloody yeah, Welsh. these Welsh. Can we have a shag <laughs> so in the became... sheep? I don't want to know about it. Well, I think everyone kind of knew, <laughs> but as a consequence, the whole of Wales became known as sheep shaggers, oh. even though it was just the English being absolute asses as usual. <laughs> Good fact. Here we are. We're in the seedy pub now. Yeah, yeah. And they're in disguise. That bartender looks a bit like he's off a cowboy saloon sort of thing. I'm sure that that was a... a oh, same time though, I guess. Yeah. Oh, he definitely does look like it, doesn't he? Yeah. I, I, this looks more like a, a cowboy saloon than a London pub, actually, doesn't it? <laughs> You don't get drinking and smoking like this in uh, in children's films now, do you? No, no, that's a good point. Oh, I've got a good fact about this saloon. Go on. Michael Eisner wanted Michael Jackson to voice a character who would <laughs> enter the saloon, confront Basil, and then sing a song. <laughs> How flipping weird would that have been? Be? Absolutely stupid. Yeah, and also, Michael at this time. Speaking in his funny little voice. Well, you know that they wouldn't have just got him in to just do a little cameo, would they? He would have. Uh, he would have had to have had a whole number. Yeah, yeah. That's, you, that, that's what it says. So, which meant you would have got 1986. You would have got bad era Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, and you'd be like, why is a non-main character suddenly got a whole song? Or there is there a whole song sung by anyone else here? At this point, there is, yes. Oh, interesting. But so it's definitely not uh, a Michael Jackson song. Oh, this, is this Let Me Be Good To You? It is, yeah. I like the fact that they're booing all these variety acts off the stage. <laughs> uh, we feel this. We've been on variety bills, haven't we? And sometimes they don't want the comedy. And yet they're all placated by... Uh, they want the sexy mouse. Sexy mouse. Listen to my song. Listen to my song. Did you say this was meant to be for Madonna? Yeah. But um, apparently they decided she was a bit too modern, I think. Well, it's a very old fashioned song, this. Liza Minnelli was also considered. That would make more sense. Yeah. It's so a, this is Melissa more, Manchester. I don't really Liza know who song. she is. You... Oh, this is pure Bugsy Malone, isn't totally, it? Totally, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. It's pure Jodie Foster's could character. Could be Jodie Foster, could it? Marilyn Monroe kind of vibe as well, though. Yeah. Or what's the face out of uh, Jessica Rabbit? Just, well, yeah, they don't go quite as far <laughs> as uh, Jessica Rabbit. So they, they were considering this a bit sexy? Well, she does strip off in a moment. Oh, blimey. That was their drinks getting poisoned, by the way. <laughs> Look at all the male mice looking all... They were lecturing, lecturing over the uh, sexy girl mice. And a lot of little girls learnt that that's how you have to be. <laughs> Terrible. There she is. Oh my God, she's showing her mouse legs. And then men are having to be physically restrained from going and groping the mouse. <laughs> Apparently they had to... They had, they had a bit of a job on their hands trying to make this a PG because of this scene, but they got away with it because they're not human. That's absurd. They don't show anything in this scene. That mice, mouse there, the wench mouse, has quite a deep cleavage. 
I suppose there's a lot of things that maybe are a little bit risque in this scene, aren't they? What, like smoking, drinking, smoking, drinking and, and sexy, and sexy mice. So yeah. Dawson's accidentally had the drugged, uh, the drugged spiked drink. Oh no! Basil in his kind of uh, seafaring outfit looks familiar. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. He's got a little pencil tash and a sort of uh, flat cap. And the turtle neck. And, and he turtle. looks really familiar. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's got a sailor's hat on. Why does he look so familiar? <laughs> I mean, he looks a bit like a hipster, but it can't be that. <laughs> I suppose they've given these mice uh, quite hourglassy figures, haven't they? Yeah. So, as well as the uh, 101 Dalmatians being the only other one that has a load of songs in it, it's also apparently the only other one that has cigarette smoking, cigar smoking, and pipe smoking. What about P- Pinocchio? Aren't they all smoking in that? Oh, yeah. Oh, I think it's the three different types of smoking, though. They've got all <laughs> the smoking in this. <laughs> be quite hard to do a Sherlock Holmes thing with no smoking at all, wouldn't it? Yeah, I guess I mean, the so. pipe is his signature accessory, isn't it? I guess if you wanted to make it kiddified, they could be... Oh, he'd have to have a bubble pipe, wouldn't yeah. he? Yeah. Oh, Dawson accidentally started a barber roll. Oh, Peter Cook and Michael Palin were also considered for the role of Basil, by the way. Michael Palin wouldn't have worked. Peter Cook would have been fine, but yeah, Michael, Michael Palin's he's too, too diffident. Isn't yeah, he? he's too nice. Yeah, he always plays the nice characters. Yeah. Even if they're putting people on crosses. Mm. It's a very weird voice, that guy, isn't it? The fidget. The jazz guy. Yeah. They also had trouble uh, issuing this on, on home media because of the sexy bar scene. Everyone should watch the sexy bar scene to see just how arousing it is. Because <laughs> it's not. Well, I, I know that when they were doing um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, because that wasn't distributed by Disney. or was it? No, it was distributed by Disney, but it was a co-production. Right. They were deliberately... The Disney animators were deliberately pushing it to see how far they could take it. So that's why Jessica Rabbit is so sexy. Right. And you can hear stuff like people wanking in the background. Can you? Yeah, there's a guy, there's a moment right at the end of her song, what is it, Why Don't You Do Right, where you can hear a man just go, like that. Oh, so you can't hear like... No, you don't hear like wanking noises, but you hear (laughs) like a very obvious orgasm noise in the background. (laughs) Oh no, they've been had. But the thing is, a kid... The thing, with yeah, that kid's not going to pick up on it's that. It's going to totally go over your head. Although how uh, sort of s- sexy Jessica Rabbit looks is not going to go over the head. No. Though frankly, I expected you fifteen minutes earlier. Trouble with the chemistry set, old boy. Trouble with the chemistry set, old boy. No one can have a higher opinion of you than I have, and I think you're a slimy, contemptible sewer rat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, by the way, Basil, 
I just love your disguise. <laughs> I know why it seems familiar. Why does he seem? What, who, who does he look like? He looks a bit like Marcel Lucant. Oh yeah. Uh, as played by Alexis Dubois, very good comedian. I'm not supposed to say that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> a very good French comedian. French comedian Marcel Lucotte, who I, we, I'm we sure he has with. a promo shot in that kind of hat and everything with a turtle. Yeah, there. well, it is like a French look, isn't it? Yeah. Lawrence works with uh, Marcel this summer. Just a <laughs> little factoid. These are good facts. <laughs> yeah. Learning about my professional life. <laughs> Hello. They've strayed straight into Rattigan's trap. Oh, this is great, this sequence. They basically rig up a kind of mousetrap style. Ooh, it's like a James Bond thing. Exactly, yeah, it's like a James Bond execution. I didn't know which to choose. So I decided. You know, I bet this rattles along. A rat rattles along. Rattles along. along. <laughs> yeah. Because they only had a year to make this, so there could be absolutely no fat. They just had to. That's true, they, actually. Yeah. I think it's a bit shorter than normal, isn't it? It's pretty short. It's like 70 minutes, although that's not actually that short for Disney. Hour and 10? Yeah. A lot of the older ones are, yeah. are that length. They put a short before this, apparently. Right. Uh, let me find out. It's called something like Clock Cleaners or something. You've got to be careful about saying that. Clock Cleaners. <laughs> yeah, a Mickey Mouse short called C- Clock. This is a good sequence, this. Because it's uh, he uh, he uses maths to get his way out of this. Uh, oh. Yeah. And thus maths became cool. <laughs> This is wicked. So delightfully wicked. <laughs> Mr. Flavisham, let me congratulate you on a superb piece of craftsmanship. See, so you compare Raskin you to uh, Thingy from Hunchback and Notre Dame. What, Frollo? Frollo. <laughs> yeah, they're like the opposite, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, two ends of a spectrum. See, that's what happened to the uniforms from the, uh, the toy soldiers. I guessed as much. Yeah. Witness your final. So the uh, evil mice are now dressed as royal guards. Because they're replacing the queen. Exactly. <gasps> Very clever. Now, you will remember to smile for the camera, won't you? Hmm? Say cheese. Is Basil depressed or is he re- uh, just waiting for his moment to dazzle? Well, no, he thinks, he's, he thinks they've had it at oh. this point. Ah, the great fact about this uh, song. Uh, this is a great song. Is that uh, Vincent Price requested that he had it played at his funeral, <laughs> so he had uh, his own voice singing a song at his own funeral, going goodbye so soon. <laughs> it's a crime. We know by now the time knows how to fly. So soon. <laughs> Goodbye. Perfect funeral song. <laughs> I think I want this at my funeral. Yeah, it's brilliant. I followed you. We were like each other's shadows for a while. <laughs> Campus funeral ever. Yeah, brilliant. What did you mean? An engagement at Buckingham Palace. Haven't you figured it out yet, Doctor? 
The Queen's in danger and the Empire's doomed. The Queen? <laughs> so how did Basil figure it out? Ah, well, because he's a genius. He's deduced his way into... He, he uh, watched the film. He watched the film. Uh, and so she lives under Buckingham Palace. Exactly, The yeah. Queen of the Mice. Well, it's interesting they're talking about the Empire. Yeah, what's the Mouse the Empire? The Mouse Empire, presumably, Have yeah. they... Have English mice been going abroad and... And colonising, and, yeah, yeah, presumably, yeah. Come in! That's probably the best Queen Victoria's ever looks. That's a long time for a mouse to be alive. It is, yeah. Blimey. How extraordinary. So here she is, the mechanical queen. That would fool anyone. Yeah, I'm convinced. Professor of. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Moriarty obviously is a professor, isn't What's he? What's he a professor of? Uh, like everything. I think he's one of these absurd geniuses. Uh, he's got like a million qualifications. He's a lecturer, isn't he? Or... he, he he's he like a. In? I'm not sure. I, th- I, I can't remember his backstory, but he's certainly a, a an academic of some stature. Uh, okay. So, Professor Rathigan kind of makes sense, I suppose. It's a shame you don't get more of goodbyes. Uh, you, you get it in the end credits. Yeah. Ah, okay. You get the full version. Basil? Oh, how could I have been so blind? We all made mistakes. But we can't let that stop us. We have to. Rackingham's proved he's more clever than I. He would never have walked into such an obvious trap. Oh, pull yourself together. You can stop it. What? Do you think this would have benefited from more so? Three is quite skimpy, isn't it? It is, but then this film is so tight and it, it does work. It really works. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm enjoying it. Even though we've chatted throughout all of it. Off now. Yes, we'll set the trap off now. Wait, I didn't mean that we got to. Uh-huh. Why an isosceles triangle? He's just using extreme maths to figure out. And adjusting for the difference in equilibrium. Dawson, that's the 
exact moment I tell you we must release the triggering mechanism. Get ready, Dawson. Steady. What a genius! <laughs> I wonder how much the writers kind of go leave it up to the animators to figure out things like incredibly complex mechanisms. Yeah, I wonder what the script at that point said. Yeah. Uh, amazing daring escape. Yeah. Based something on sets off something else, which hits a thing. Which anyway, they're all they're all free. They probably just go. <laughs> oh, at this point, there's a Rube Goldberg machine that. Uh, Rude Goldberg. A Rube, a Rube Goldberg machine is um, uh, like. That ad- the Honda Cog advert. So it's the thing that knocks another thing that causes a chain reaction to. Is Rube Goldberg the first person who did this? Presumably, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's just the, the the term that means a ridiculously complicated machine that does a simple task. Yeah, right. You see people on the internet making them. Yeah, all the time. Simone Geertz. She does the bad mm, robots. She's exactly. Great. Yeah. this easily how did they end up with an empire yeah <laughs> when they're this easily fooled well I don't know I'm not sure they're buying it yeah I like Toby <laughs> the game's afoot Toby our queen is in mortal danger <laughs> cats being the enemy again yeah cats are always the enemy Majesty. And now, they get a bad rep, the cats. Are there any Disney films with nice cats? The Aristocats. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, imagine if that was just a film just, uh, populated by complete arseholes. Horrible cats. All of them. They're all just bastards. <laughs> just scratching everyone. And... <laughs> yeah. S- making selfish choices. Mm, yeah. So the, the plot was just about them looking until, out for number until one. Until the dog eventually comes and saves the <laughs> yeah. They are Arista mates with twice. a dog, though, aren't they? In the Aristocats. I haven't seen the. I don't. Well, if I have seen the Aristocats, I can't remember it. Yeah, it's quite a good one. I think I've seen bits. Maybe we should do that one as well. Yeah, it's all right. And we can do cat facts the whole way through. That sound effect, that dog noise, is a very familiar. I feel like that might have been reused as well, that dog sound. Yeah. Well, I suppose if they had a library of dog noises from other films, would you really record them again? Maybe, yeah. Did you hear that? That's an interesting bit of social commentary. What, what, what? So his new policy is a heavy tax will be levied against all oh, parasites and sponges. Ah. Parasites and sponges, specifically. So he's basically a far right. Oh, yes, and there's a woman with her little child there as well, isn't there? Single yeah. mother. The elderly, the infirm, he says. Mm. So that's very specific language, isn't it? Yeah. He's a rotter. No 
could give a rat and mouse fact at this point. <laughs> if you like, go on. Mice have open sphincters, so they poop and they wee wherever they go. Freely. Whereas rats choose, like cats and dogs, choose where to poop and wee. So, so really, rats are cleaner. Rats again getting a bad rap. Yes. Whereas these mice in this film should just be incontinently pooping and peeing everywhere. Yeah. Oh, and Felicia the cat is being chased by the corgis. So that's her come up. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be quite good to have a really cute mouse film where they're all just like, just Crapping freely shitting everywhere. <laughs> Might be difficult to animate. Mm. Also, they're all wearing little trousers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they all got splits like the uh, like the Chinese babies. That are, oh yeah, you know, in, in yeah, China. that was something we heard about the Shanghai Park, but we yeah. didn't witness that apparently uh, there's supposed to be a lot of open pooping in the flower beds and things in the Shanghai Park, which is total rubbish. <laughs> it just yeah, doesn't though it was it was after there was an article in the Sun, yeah. which is a British newspaper known for its. Uh, right-wing nonsense. Basically, when it first opened, it was very, very popular, as all the parks are, and uh, some women had very small toddlers, and there's these sort of split nappies that are popular in China. So you just separate the gap and let the child poop. So I think, in because uh, it was so crowded, in the absence of toilets and things, they were letting, uh, they were allowing their little ones to to go in the flower beds and stuff. However, I think it was a case of, you know, it happened It just once. got blown out of proportion, Yeah, and then everyone was like, oh, yeah, you know, if you go there, you and see now it all over the place. And now everyone goes, well, the you know, go to the Chinese Disney parks, they poo on the street. Yeah, yeah, which is, let's face it, A bit racist, racist, isn't it? <laughs> Always a chase through the sky. Yeah. Yeah, they loved the London skyline, didn't they? The Disney animated. Yeah. It's a slightly Peter Pan-like uh, thing, isn't it? Mmm. Ah, brutal. He chucked Fidget off his flying machine. Fidget can fly, though, can't he? No, he's got broken... He's, oh! He's, he's got a peg leg and everything. Oh, of course. What happened to him, do they he say? He just falls in the Thames. No, but I mean, how come he's got a peg leg? Oh, I don't know. Ah, uh, here we go. So this is the, I believe the first, this is the first instance of CGI, isn't it, in this? Yes. In a Disney film. And that's apparently what helps uh, them make this film in a year, a very short amount of time, the use of computers. Right. And it actually looks all right. Yeah, you so know? he's surrounded by cogs. And the cogs, are, if you look at them hard, they're very clearly digital. But they've put a, a kind of filter over the whole thing that means it's quite subtly done. Yeah. Quite tasteful, isn't it? Yeah. Quite atmospheric even. Yeah, I think it looks better than the bells in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. I wonder if because bells have a curved side and that's quite hard to... Yeah, maybe. Whereas this is all quite sharp lines and things. And they've used block colours for every plane, haven't they? Yeah. Everything's and just a single colour. It does look quite threatening as a result. It is yeah. It's a good sequence, this. Oof. Close call. Cool. 
So explain the music, Lauren. <laughs> oh well, you've got extreme peril. So uh, all of the brass, uh, the brass fanfares for the uh, for the hero character, and the trilling uh, woodwinds for the villain character. Oh, this is quite scary. Raskin's lost his clothes. He yeah, so really he's, feral. he's become a rat. So he's quite dapper before now, but now he just looks like a... Like a monster, really. Yeah. Ooh. I wonder if the rain was digitally an animated. The rain looks hand-drawn, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. It looks like that looks like classic um, uh, multi-plane Disney animation, doesn't it? Yeah, Vincent Price looks uh, very vampiric in this bit. Yeah. Do you think that's a reference? To... It's probably a Dracula-like thing, isn't it? Because the inside of his cloak is red and he's, he's got claws. Slashing him with claws, isn't it? And he keeps rearing up in a way which is very vampiric. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, proper peril this. Oh no! Basil's dropping! Basil falls. Classic villain falling to his death in Disney scene. Yeah. But has Basil joined him? <laughs> I'm gonna make a guess. No. <laughs> but, but. One day they'll do a very bleak ending to one of these. <laughs> yeah. And go, no, no, he did, he did die. But it's alright, because a very small part of the flying machine fell down with him ah. and he's able to pedal his way back he's up he's furiously pedalling they're yeah they're fans of the falling deaths aren't they yeah by the queen uh, they've got honours from the queen oh how very thrilling hey Basil all in a day's work doctor I suppose if this had been more of a hit they might have actually it, there'd have been a lot of video spin-offs wouldn't there yeah were there any no. I'm surprised. This is like begging for it. Isn't well, and there it? were five books, wasn't there, didn't you say? Yeah. Basil of Baker wrote, Street was a uh, so book it's, series. It's based on a book series by a lady who started writing them in something like 58, I think, and finished writing them in the 80s. And they went, they went there to were like five of them. 81 or something. Yeah, and I think this is based on the first book. So they must have had it in mind that they'd mm. keep going. So I guess this didn't do too well either. I guess not. I think they just Disney just find didn't out? have any money. They were really struggling in the eighties, weren't they? Yeah, it's odd because this there's nothing wrong with this. No, it's good. I reckon they pumped all their marketing budget into Black Cauldron mm. if it cost more and they took more time on it. Yeah. Then that was a massive flop, and no one was interested in this as a result. And look here, where they have oh Dawson, he's he's got to get on with his life. <laughs> Except that clearly they're setting up a sequel, aren't they? Yeah. Is, is this the home of 
Oh, and this is classic Sherlock, isn't it? Of course. A distraught lady Damsel turning up. turns up. Who's supposed to be Irene Adler in this? Because there's supposed to be an Irene Adler uh, parallel. Oh, that might just be in the books. Maybe it. Uh, I know it says here. Great Mouse Detective released uh, to positive reviews and financial success in sharp contrast, contrast to the box office underperformance of Disney's animated feature film The Black Cauldron. Right. That was released the year before. Right. So somehow this has just uh, fallen by the wayside a little bit. Yeah. Because this is Musker and Clements, isn't it, who did The Little Mermaid and... Uh, Aladdin and all that. Yeah, and more this, recently Moana. This was their feature debut for Disney. The Great Mouse Detective 2, The Rise to Return, is an upcoming 2019 film. What? 2019? Yeah. yeah. Apparently so. What, like, is it out now? Hang on. Come uh, on. How is this possible? Is there a sequel to Distributed by Walt Disney Pictures. Is it out now? Directed by John Musker and Ron Clements, two of the four directors of yeah. the first movie. Aladdin directors. So that you're telling me that there is now <laughs> a sequel to Great Mouse Detective? Apparently so. Oh, we must watch oh, it. John Cleese as Basil of Baker Street. Oh. Corey Burton as Hiram Flavisham. Uh, the Scottish chap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... Jeff Bennett as Dr. Dawson. Jeremy Irons as Franklin R. Frierson, Norman's oh. grandfather. He'll, he'll be the villain then, won't he? Yeah. Jeremy Irons. Oh, I don't know. Hardy Kruger Jr. as Joseph Rathug, a Hungarian-born German sewer rat, the main antagonist. Oh. What, another sewer rat? That seems a bit... Yeah. And here we get the full version of... Uh, Oh, it's not as good as Eric Idle is uh, one of Rathug's accomplices. Hmm, this is sounding less promising. <laughs> you don't like that? Well, it's just a bit like what another sewer rat. This seems sounds like the same plot again. Maggie Smith is in it. God, it's quite a cast, isn't it? Is this a straight to straight to home oh, video? And Michael Palin's in it as the mouse worker of a cafe near the rat trap. So Michael Palin Hang did on. end up. So in when one of these the things. hell is this? Coming out. Hang on, did I just read something that was a wish fulfillment thing? <laughs> is this uh, yeah, what? Is this somebody's like fantasy film? Tell me, tell me quickly if this is real. I don't know. <laughs> I can't. Figure <laughs> I want to know out. if this is real. I can't figure it out. Actually, sorry, I think that was... Is that total nonsense? Baloney. Um, one second. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to update you as to whether that's real. So, yeah, The Great Mouse Detective. It's good. It really holds up, I think, that one. I think it does. It's a nice one. Yeah, rattles a lot. Rattles. Rattles a lot. Yeah, and it was, the, it was a... Great characters. Good favourite in our house growing up. Yeah, uh, I think it's it's one that deserves a lot more than it gets. Yeah, that definitely. was uh, this is one of the ones that when we went to the fifties uh, primetime cafe, our uh, our sort of slightly sarcastic uh, waitress mom character who we were given 
she made us make a list of all of the Disney movies set in the UK. And uh, this was one of them, and I'd forgotten. Yeah, and, and felt very silly with your Sherlock Holmes connection. I know I should pretty... have. Uh, yeah, you I know, had to they, hang my head in shame. They there. could easily uh, integrate this into the theme parks as well. You just need some little mouse holes that you could get on your knees and have a look in, and there's a little a little mouse scene. I tell you what, it would make a very good um, Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom feature, wouldn't it? Because yeah. that's all in little nooks and crannies anyway, that interactive game. Yeah. So if they had a... I could imagine an entire sequence being dedicated to Basil. Yes. And you'd have to get... Like you say, you have to get down on your knees and you have to look through little, tiny little holes in uh, Yeah, definitely. In buildings. Uh, I think what I just read out as the sequel was <laughs> rubbish, by the way. <laughs> I think it was some sort of bizarre wish fulfillment website. So someone was doing a bit of armchair imagineering there. Yeah, I think so. It's weird that they put so many of the Monty Python guys in small roles, like cafe owner, <laughs> things like cafe that. Cafe owner? Yeah, that doesn't sound like somebody's dream film. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sorry, guys, if I made you excited there, but... Well, Made me excited. Can't believe there's no uh, sequel to Mouse. I think that kids nowadays though would be two. Where is the first one? Like this would be ancient history to them. Well, but then if you can do a Mary Poppins Returns, something like fifty years after the original. Yeah, I really don't understand though why that didn't have even a straight to video um, Sequel. sequel. Yeah. If it did quite well as well, I know it was at a time when Disney was struggling in general. Yeah. But how was that not made into a sort of video, straight video moneymaker? Yeah. This is Black Cauldron and then this. And then Oliver and Company with uh, music by Billy Joel. Yeah. Which is basically Oliver Twist story told with cats and dogs. Yeah. Uh, and then The Little Mermaid. Yeah. And that kind of, and then, and then the rest is history. Hang on. What was The Rescuers? That was what, that was Disney, wasn't it? Yeah, that was Disney. That and was they were the, mice. Yeah, late 70s. And then The Rescuers Down Under was the sequel. Which is a 1990 film. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. The Rescuers Down Under, yeah. So, yeah, I think there was a, mouse, a glut of mouse a films. A mouse glut. I reckon they concentrated on The Rescuers at the expense of The Great Mouse Detective. Also, we were saying before we started recording this that you couldn't necessarily have uh, too much uh, Basil paraphernalia in the Disney park because if he's supposed to be a mouse, then what is Mickey? <laughs> <laughs> Mickey like Mickey a kind of weird is a freak show. Yeah. <laughs> Mickey is like uh, Mickey should have some kind of origin story where he got drenched in nuclear waste yeah. and grew to a horrific size and his eyes became the holes to to nothingness. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like uh there was a Mario the 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 Mario game Super Mario Odyssey which is out for the Switch uh features some actual normal anthropomorphic humans in it which begs the question if those people are humans then what? What is Mario? <laughs> what is he? Is he a human, or is he like a kind of odd, odd, like another species? Maybe plumber isn't supposed to be his job. It's his species. It's his species. <laughs> okay. so and plumber, plumber means something else. From the planet Plum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and we've all thought that he could fix your toilet all this time. Oh, and no, actually... no, no. He's not a plumber. <laughs> no, he's a plumber. He's a plumber with five M's. <laughs> yeah. That's how they spell it on planet Plum. Plumber. Plumber. Anyway. Are we talking rubbish now? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think maybe that's the end. Uh, yeah, if you want us to look at any other mouse films, we'd be very happy to. Yeah, we're really enjoying doing these audio commentaries. So yeah. if, if you want us to look at any particular film, do let us know. Yeah, we'll yeah. We'll add it to the list. 
And, but yeah, I would say of all the slightly dubious 80s Disney films, this is a really good one. So it's a check nice it one. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the next one we are going to do, apropos of our poll, which we ran on Twitter, uh, the poll was we would like to watch a film that is directly inspired by one of the Disney rides. Yeah. So not the obvious Pirates of the Caribbean, but the options were uh, Mission to Mars, which is, was the uh, defunct Magic Kingdom ride. So what kind of ride was that? I don't actually know. I'm think... surprised that was in the Magic Kingdom because that sounds like a thrill ride. I think it predated uh, Star Tours. I think it was the, the thing that was in between. Uh, it became Star Tours. Was it edutainment? I Did it, it was teach a, you about uh, Mars? Uh, yeah, kind of a, uh, a little bit on the edutainment. That sounds like an Epcot ride. Yeah. Uh, and it was so uh, we, we had that on the list. We had Tower of Terror. We had Haunted Mansion... And The Country Bears, which I didn't even know was a film. No, I was kind of up for The Country Bears. Well, we can watch The Country Bears as well. I think people who haven't seen maybe uh, the attraction The Country Bears, they don't want to see The Country Bears film. The Country Bears attraction has some quite saucy songs, talking of um, very inspiring things. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it does, doesn't it? So it'd be interesting to see what kind of sex fest the film is. I'm sure it's an absolute... (laughs) Uh, 1970s softcore romp from start to finish um, but that didn't unfortunately the bears are actually just big hairy gay big men big gay guys yeah <laughs> yeah um, so that, that unfortunately did not top the uh, the poll so if we want to watch shame. that it'll have to be for our own amusement so we will be watching the Tower of Terror soon and doing another one of these audio commentaries for that great nice <laughs> see you then bye bye now bye bye <laughs> We should have done it Vincent style. We can still do it Vincent style. Okay. Goodbye so soon. And isn't it a crime? A crime? We know by now that time knows how to fly. I'm just making noises. <laughs>